Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin saying, Dan and I may be on strike from work right now, but we're not on strike from your hearts. And we know there's a lot of people out there who want to support us writers while we Writers Guild writers try to do right by our fellow writers against the Mm -hmm. AMPTP jerks. I'll just call them what they are, who refuse to pay us our due. Hey, if you'd like to support writers like we are, why don't you go to entertainmentcommunity.org and make a donation? It used to be called the Actors Fund. Now it's for the whole entertainment community. Entertainment Community Fund. Go to donate and choose the film and television worker section. That's going to help not only writers who may need help during this strike if it goes long, but also writers' assistants and all sorts of support staff who also will need help and are also out of work right now because of this showdown that doesn't need to happen, but which the big execs decided to make happen. That's right. We didn't need to bring around bring about Ragnarok. They brought Ragnarok, but now we're going to rock it thanks all night for, long. Thanks for starting putting with that this in a perspective hit, for me. Starting with this hit from <laughs> Katrina and the Waves. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you might think that Elliot's in charge of this many, but he's not. He's just, and I did uh, turn and I turned into a DJ halfway through there, which I, just, I don't know how that happened. Mm-hmm. Full of uh, fervor and fever for his union. Um, Your union, too. Yeah, my union as well. Well, yeah, I'm but just Dan's not, not as full of fervor and fever. Fever a little bit. How are you doing, Dan? You, look, <laughs> you doing okay? I mean, uh, you had to do a lot of walking yesterday. Yeah, so, yeah, the strike's going on. Thank you for bringing it up because, honestly, that was the thing I was going to start with. Uh, I was walking the picket line yesterday. Uh, oh, I that's also lo- this song from Katrina and the Waves. I'm walking <laughs> the picket line. Whoa. Oh, wow. I'm walking the picket line. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And don't it feel necessary? That's how it goes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And so I, I buy into a little bit of the, the, the thinking that devalues writers because I was, I was mostly excited to see the various uh, actors I recognized on the picket line. <laughs> I wasn't like, "Ooh, look at that famous writer." I mean, like, I guess you know, Starley Kine was there. She's a she's a well known writer, although probably most well known because she did podcasts. Anyway, yeah. and you saw Josh Gondelman, who's also well known for doing Gondelman, but also yeah, notorious coke fiends, Josh Gondelman, yeah. mostly known for yeah for cocaine and for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> being a stand-up, uh, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of celebrity in writerhood. But I did see uh, Dalton Trumbo would say, "Fuck off, dude." Yeah, <laughs> that's a classic Dalton. Tr- he's a yeah. screenwriter. Yeah, right? or, or, like, yeah, or, like, or, or have you ever? Patty Chayefsky would be like, "Patty Chayef, you, Dan, for not mm-hmm. mentioning me." Yeah. Okay. You came up with a couple. <laughs> I mean, they're both. I can dead do it too. too. Yeah. William uh-huh. Goldman. He's he's known, but yeah. uh, Tony Gilroy Vay. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Tennessee Williams would be like. Oh, now I mean, that's I said, mostly from playwriting, though, yeah, where I feel like there is really a, more of a modicum of celebrity in a way that, uh, <laughs> well, for some reason. Because, well, it, for some reason, because playwrights own their work and are associated yeah. with their work, whereas screenwriters traditionally have to sell their work and are removed from their work. It's called labor's alienation from the, from the product of its labor, Dan, and we have to talk about it. So today mm-hmm. on the Flophouse Mini, I'm in charge now. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Uh, no, so— yeah, I saw uh, Zach Cherry and possibly Helly from Severance, his co-star. I I oh, wasn't cool. sure. Okay. Was, I saw uh, Gina Gershon on the picket line. What? Most importantly, of course, I saw— Why did you saw, bury the lead, Dan? Why did you bury the lead that Gina what? Gershon, one of my favorites, was on the picket line? Very excited, very excited. And meanwhile, who did I see? Zach Braff. Great, thanks. Uh-huh. But also, of course, even more exciting, to 80s kids will remember, Curtis Armstrong was there. 
Oh, wow. Walk in the line. Uh, entire mountains made of snow. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. The 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 uh, top hatted best friend from Better Off Dead <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and from many other eighties comedies. Uh, anyway, did he always the point have is, a top hat? Uh, I think he mostly did. I think, think Better Off Dead he did. Yeah. yeah, I mean certainly Better Off Dead, but uh, no, no, I don't. I don't think it's Booger. He wore a top hat necessarily. <laughs> that would undercut the character Booger by giving yeah. him an affectation like a top I, hat. I yeah. think of him more of a slob uh, as, as in a snob, but you know it's possible. It could be a so, slobby snob. Now, uh, we're a snobby not, slob. <laughs> we're not covered by the uh, writer strike here in the Flophouse for two reasons. Damn, One, hold on a second. In those slobs versus snobs movies, okay, sure. we're always supposed to be on the slob side. But what if that slob was Slobodan Milosevic? I think I would be on the snob no, side I'm, in that I'm, one. I mean, yeah, I'm not I think slobbing that, that knob. Th- that's, they, that's one slob. <laughs> You're not going to knob, right, Stu? <laughs> I think that culture has proven that in a lot of the cases we should have been on the snob <laughs> side in, in, in those movies. Well, I mean, well, I guess culture has proven there were no good guys in those movies. That's was, true, yes. <laughs> it was just... Uh, yeah, it's like, it it's like just, a, just like the classic Slobs versus Snobs movie, Predator versus Alien. No matter who wins, we lose. Yeah. It's like a Mad Magazine spy versus spy comic. You're not especially supposed to root for either spy. You're you, supposed to you see root that for the, the gray spy because she's a sexy lady. The yeah. situation. I remember you know, explaining to a uh, unending battle <laughs> to, to no end. Yeah, I remember sorry. explaining to a bar regular once uh, some of the I don't I don't know some of the gross stuff in Revenge of the Nerds, and he got so angry like that I pulled the I pulled the scales from his eyes. He got so yeah. angry that he screamed at nerds like <laughs> over and ripped up the bar. Oh, yeah. if only. Now, guys, uh, not that we need to spend any more time on this, but I'm pretty sure that <laughs> the alien would be the slob and the predator would be the snob. Prove me wrong. What do you think? Let's see. Well, I mean, the predator does. It's hard to say. Got the, a lot of gadgets. The predator hunts for sport. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's which snobbish. is which is shared by snobs and, and the, the alien slobs. is literally drooling all the time. That's pretty <laughs> slobby. True. The drooling more so. I mean, like there are plenty. Like, there are plenty of always, slobs who who hunt. I mean, it's not it's not a it's not a it's for all people. And it's I think for the predators peoples. and the predator's mouth is pretty moist too. Now that I think yeah. about it. And the aliens always trying to get laid in, a, in after a fashion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that's classic slob behavior. Yep. I believe Ridley Scott described the alien as always trying to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, the, now the xenomorph. The thing that what what defines the xenomorph is that he's always trying to get some. <laughs> <laughs> this is also not what this uh, this episode of the Flophouse Mini is about. But returning to the, <laughs> I was trying to say. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, this is all preamble, by the way. So yeah, what's this <laughs> podcast about, of, Dan? Oh, it's not just about you name dropping who you saw <laughs> on the picket line? <laughs> I mean, I had a plan, but as you know, uh, when man makes a plan, Elliot and Stuart laugh. <laughs> Canal Panama, yep. <laughs> uh, no, so in the spirit of the writer's strike, now, obviously, we're not covered by that here on the podcast for two reasons. One, we don't write this. To what? <laughs> to uh, we and own more, this. More importantly, <laughs> we own the 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 show. So there's no one to strike against in this case. Um, and there's nothing. There's nothing in the strike rule saying we cannot create independent media that is entirely yeah. owned by us. Profits accrue to us. No executives allowed. But for this many, I have gone pencils down, and I'm taking a series of questions from uh, a listener 
mm-hmm. named Aaron, who I'm afraid, Aaron, technically now you're a scab. Because I'm no, but Dan, just... this is not a, this is not a guild covered. Oh right, right, right. I just explained project. that. <laughs> um, and Aaron had a bunch of behind the scenes questions, mm. and I thought this was also in the spirit of the strike because this presages the kind of uh, bad reality programming you'll get without. Writers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is right. now this is now officially a documentary because we're talking good reality programming behind the scenes. You know, I know you've got your your shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I got my and also, stories. And, and reality producers as people who are crafting narratives, be it through editing or through writing, should yes. be members of the writers' guild. Should be guild covered by the guild. And, yes. Uh, the, you know, so just another way that the, the people, the money money people are screwing over the actual uh, workers. But yeah. here we go. So this is uh, these are a series of behind-the-scenes questions. Okay. Um, now, the first one is... How I'm do gonna, you? Mo- I'm, I'm going to be amazed if there's anything we haven't already covered on the fan no, I podcast, know, I know. the Peach Bit, which is mm. this which is true, yeah. Which is a I, can't, I can't wait till the Peach Bit episode on this episode <laughs> <laughs> when that drops. Ooh, uh, spicy. So this is part. This is part of a list of of things. So maybe it isn't meant to stand alone. But the first question is, how do you make an episode? Which is kind of a broad mm. uh, topic to cover. So maybe we'll we'll circle back and see how well we've done. Mm-hmm. At, at at saying how we make an episode. Sure. Um, Answer badly. <laughs> <laughs> how long does it take to edit? Now, so these days. Perfect. Direct it to me, the guy who edits every moment of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> these days, uh, producer Alex does it. And uh, frankly, I have no idea how long he takes. Okay, so we're probably, 0 for 2 for questions right now. One we probably, refuse to answer and one we don't know the answer to. <laughs> we're we'll come at, back to the first one. We're already we'll see at what two we strikes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> producer Alex, uh, I th- I'm pretty sure he puts more time into it than I did. When I edited it, and Surely when, not. when I edited the show, <laughs> how is that even possible, <laughs> Dan? You would you would find you would handcraft every moment. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing: the show is edited very little. Uh, we will cut out stuff. This I'm sure this shocks people. We will cut out stuff that um, after the fact we're like, if if we feel like we've said something that like we, we, we don't want to stand on, behind, or like we've we've LA said goes it on like wrong. a crazy rant, like, like a super conservative rant. We're like, what <laughs> yeah, are you sure. talking about? Yeah, the audience has been saved from my uh, from yeah my one world government uh, <laughs> rants and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, I think we're, none of us are perfect. So occasionally we'll say something. And we're like, eh, I'm not comfortable with the way that came out. I like I yeah. like I feel like we. I it may be construed as something that I, I did not intend. So I'll. Yes. I'll so yeah. if you hear anything kind of fucked up come out of my mouth, you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> What's the stuff that he <laughs> took out? Stuart <laughs> like, stands behind what he's saying 100%. That's the lesson that you should take. Everything on the podcast from now on, he stands behind. I'm playing behind. a character. <laughs> like, <laughs> the character said that. Uh, come of, on, babies. Levels of indemnification here. <laughs> this is a real John Stewart saying, I'm just, you know, I just make jokes uh, thing going on. <laughs> oh, no. Um. Yeah, very little gets cut. Uh, bathroom breaks get cut. We find that <laughs> listeners probably don't love those. Yeah, because uh, we're not, we've never mic- tried we're not it. mic'd up in there yet. <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah, have. Yeah, we'll bring the mics in there someday. <laughs> yeah, for the plop house. Sorry, we should cut that joke. <laughs> yeah, cut that one out. <laughs> um, but in the old days when I did it, I mostly <laughs> like early on. I was like, let me, uh, let me tighten this thing up. Let me cut out, you know, ums and errs and whatnots mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
I mean, not whatnots. Occasionally, those are important to the construction of the sentence. But uh, I would cut them out. But then I found that, number one, I didn't like to do the work. <laughs> and number two, you mess with sort of natural conversational timing too much, and it sounds weird. So I just would sort of, you know, put on the front and back of the show, the theme, figure out the outtakes from, like, when we were babbling ahead of time, uh, put in ads, et cetera. Like, all the very obvious cuts are most of the cuts that exist. I think Alex is a little bit better about dealing with overtalk if he hears it, and that's why the show now sounds better than when I was in charge. Now it has minimum overtalk, whereas during Dan's reign, it was maximum overtalk, just like mm-hmm. the the Stephen King uh, movie of the same name in which all of the world's telephones come to life, which now that I think about it is kind of the plot of Cell, a very good Stephen King novel, so uh, maybe I shouldn't make fun of him. Yeah. How much gets cut? I mean, like, I think we've been over that, so we can uh, put that question in the rear view. What kinds of things have been gotten cut in the past? Too hot for TV. Again, not really too hot for TV, uh, too dumb for for us. Or too, <laughs> poorly, too poorly phrased for TV, I guess, sometimes. Uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, or I'm sure that I've, like, said something that was insensitive because, uh, but in the rhythm of the show, it, like, any... Any details got lost. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what else? What's what's involved in dealing with remote recording and syncing? So, uh, you know, this is all really fascinating stuff. Again, mm-hmm. trying to scare well, I you don't out. Think there's any, I haven't heard, seen any. Oh, wait, Dan, were you talking? I was just about to say, I haven't seen any problems with remote recording, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because remote... I think we're doing fine. In, oh, oh, sorry, God. Dan, were you talking about? It's a funny talking bit. Again? It's a funny bit that's <laughs> happening that is too much <laughs> like real life. Oh, what man. a hilariously Dan's... real bit. Dan seems to say it's funny, and he's smiling, but his eyes aren't smiling. (laughs) (laughs) My eyes are always smiling because they're Irish. Oh, Oh, wow. Uh, And Scottish. Irish eyes are – even when you're cutting your finger off and throwing it at your best friend's door, your Irish eyes are smiling every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Former best friend's door. I guess he was still – if they were still best friends, he wouldn't have had to cut off his finger and throw it at his door. I mean, that dude sucked, right? He's a he's a he's a bummer. He's a no no. <laughs> Wait, which one? <laughs> Todd Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. What's his name? Wait, you, the one like that's why he broke up with him, right? It's because he's a bummer. He's not a good friend. I mean, he is a bummer. I don't know if he's not a good friend necessarily. It seems like he's a good friend. It seems like the guy doing the breakup is maybe not the nicest. Yes, man. that's true. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I understand his reasons. I have sympathy for both of them. That's the beauty of the movie. You can understand. You've like you've you've. I think everyone's been on one side or the other of that, or mm-hmm. both. Um, anyway. You've either just wanted to focus on your music, or you've just wanted to tell your friend about what's going on with your pet donkey. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've, you've wanted to throw severed fingers at someone, or Ugh, you... so much. Or is it a donkey or a pony? I'm trying to remember now. It's a donkey. It's a donkey. Okay, because it's very small. Yeah. It says Jenny's a small donkey. Yeah, they call it a smonkey. <laughs> wow. Um, recording remotely is fairly easy in this modern world. Uh, we have a Zoom, like like you've seen at your office or on TV <laughs> or during the pandemic. We're all familiar <laughs> keep, with Zooms. Keep giving them examples of where they right might now. have seen Zooms. <laughs> <laughs> we, we get a Zoom room, uh, you know. Like the song, Boom Boom in the Zoom Room. <laughs> and uh, 
Dan, Dan, I love that you are the one who is running this mini. You chose to answer these questions, and you're answering them as if you are stalling for time well, to keep like a kidnapper on the phone line. Well, you know, here's the yeah. thing: you guys are you guys are so loose, and um, yeah, the, the, the thing is about mm-hmm. these answers is they're not essentially interesting. So we got to zazz them up a little. Oh. Um, I yeah, didn't know yeah. we need so, a Okay. Yeah. Just, hey, chat GPT, just add 10% more Zazz on this, these answers. <laughs> no, Stu, Stu, that's the whole point of the strike. We're not doing that. Although, chat GPT, if you could Zazz it up a little bit. <laughs> why, are we, why are we going to Zazzle.com while there, we're at it? Oh, wow. <laughs> there was... There was a uh, there was a I, I, this was very scary to me as I saw an article where someone had AI write like a like a short episode of Thirty Rock about the mm. strike and I read the script that was supposedly AI produced and I was like well this is bad it's not funny the character voices are wrong the plot doesn't make sense the scenes don't go, don't go anywhere but it doesn't read like a computer wrote it it reads like a bad writer wrote it and that really scared yeah. me that if AI is already at the level of writing what bad writers can write. It was very frightening. So I guess what I'm saying is, Chat GPT, if you can zazz this up a little bit, <laughs> just zazz it great. up. Yeah, just yeah. Zazz. But whoever wrote that, whichever Chat GPT wrote the Thirty Rock script, didn't have enough zazz. <laughs> I feel like that's the prompt that will cause the AI to destroy itself. The way Kirk would talk a computer into some yeah. logic loop is, you go, "What's what, give me your prompt?" And it's like, "Zazz this up," and the computer's you- just like, "What is zazz? Does not compute," and then it explodes. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, no, I just remember, like, y- you know. Executives are famous for giving contradictory notes. So, yep, I've like, received many in my time. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna get a bunch of robot meltdowns of like, <laughs> this is not logical in the future. Illog- irrational does not compute. How can I include more information about the character and also cut it down a bit? Ah. <laughs> But how can I inject my personal trauma into this story? Well, when an executive sits down with with, with an AI, because the AI wants to pitch a story, and the executive goes, "But what? What about this is authentic to your experience?" And the AI is like, "I'm a computer. I have not lived a life. I, I don't know. It's I did the research. Does that count? I feel for it. Does that count? Mm, but how does it tie into your childhood? It does not compute. Did not have childhood. Ah, and it, yeah. it explodes. Maybe the AI that's... always says ah before it explodes. I also like, feel like Kathy, it because it's Kathy Bot. Yeah, it, it should. Speak Speaking full sentences if it wants a job. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> no, and that, not just saying beep boop in between. <laughs> it was so funny if if the, it's writing brilliant scripts, but you can't use them because between every line of dialogue it says beep boop. And they're like, oh. <laughs> it's just too expensive to take out all those beep boops. Yeah, and then the guild's like, don't tell, don't tell anyone about find and replace. <laughs> yeah. This is the only <laughs> Yeah, nobody nobody talks about the fourth rule of robotics, which is to say beep boop as often as possible. <laughs> if, if it doesn't conflict with the first three laws, yes, that's the important yeah, thing about the robotics right. laws. Yeah. So if a, if a human orders a robot, don't say beep boop, then it stops saying beep boop. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, uh, chatbot, for all that zazz you added to the this question. Um, <laughs> to finish with some information, we all record then locally into digital recorders. And uh, Alex uh, just matches those files up. We do a little count off. Very simple. Yeah, we count record off. locally, but we think globally. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, cool. Uh, you know, some people clap to synchronize the tracks. Yeah. I asked Justin McElroy of the McElroy Brothers. Maybe you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Very famous. He said they Put do count off. Put a little more on that line there, Yeah. <laughs> you may have heard Wait, of him. Wait, do they clap? Do they, the they do a, they do a count off. That's... They do a count off. Yeah, that's honestly why we do a count off. Oh, like, oh, that yeah, good. yeah. If, if it ain't broke, I'll do and fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, have you ever scrapped an entire episode on purpose? Not 
Not, not on purpose. One, not on purpose. We scrapped, let's see, there's the one that had a bunch of noise over it. There's mm-hmm. one that we just lost. There's, there's a there's a couple that we just lost. The one yeah. regular one, one live show. Now we did scrap one on a porpoise. Does that count? Mm-hmm. It was an accident, but it was on a porpoise. Mm-hmm. We said we were gonna like record an episode, mm-hmm. entire episode riding a porpoise. It did not work. The porpoise kept saying beep boop. It was a computer mm-hmm. porpoise. It was a computer porpoise, <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Very it, was that, it, it was that computerized dolphin from Johnny Mnemonic, the movie. And so he just wouldn't stop saying beep boop while we were recording. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, but it was a very squeaky beep boop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think I don't think we've ever I don't think we've ever recorded an episode and been like oh that's no good because our standards are quite low. Whatever I was going to say the opposite, like, fit for the audience. Clearly, every episode we put out is basically perfect. So yeah. to have this kind of a track record, you have yeah. to throw you got to kiss a lot of frogs and throw those frogs in the garbage. <laughs> I did start watching. I did start watching the movie Arsenal. Uh, it was one of the possibilities for a, a Cage Miss episode. About the soccer team. Uh, football, no, it's the I'm other <laughs> the other use of Arsenal. <laughs> I think you, it was about uh, guns and stuff. I think that was its name. Anyway, yes. uh, I informed the guys it was just too like boring and just sort of it had like bad vibes. I'm like, yeah. I don't think we're gonna have fun talking about this. So we did a switch around. And there are also fun movies that we don't get to do because Dan's like, I watched that already. It- <laughs> <laughs> I've loosened up a lot about that. I used to be like, I want us all to be like experiencing this for the first time. I think that's part of the <laughs> like I have to preserve fact- I have to I have to preserve my my Morbius hymen would have been the way that you used to yeah. think about it. And now <laughs> exactly. you're like, you know what? I'll do Morbius again. Why not, man? <laughs> well in fact like next week's episode is a movie I had previously watched and enjoyed and I'm excited to talk about with you guys when we talk about 84 Brady. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've, I've got, I've got, I'm going to have some words with you about your enjoyment of this Whoa. film. It's, what I love is, so I rarely have seen the movie ahead of time because the kind of movies I watch for fun are not the kinds of movies I do on the podcast. They are old, they are foreign. Solitary experience. Yeah, yeah they're mm-hmm. solitary experiences. Uh, Elliot's what, you know, what, what people uh, know as smart. He's a, he's a <laughs> smart, discerning person. <laughs> The uh, and Dan usually he watches like the action or the horror movies ahead of time, but Stuart it's always all the romantic comedies. What audiences may mm-hmm. not know is Stuart and his wife watch every romantic comedy that is released. At, I'm just a as I'm just released. a big fucking softy, you know. Yeah. I got a big old big old heart, and it needs to be filled <laughs> needs with movies to be massaged <laughs> gently. With, it with needs to be massaged gently. It's too big. It's that's why big. I started yeah. lifting weights so the rest of my body would ma- uh, match up with my giant heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what's more important than having a beautiful mind. What? A beautiful heart. A giant that's heart. fucking a giant ridiculous. Did, heart. did a fucking robot write that line? <laughs> I mean, that is a movie that it some, at times feels like a robot wrote it. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Why it does not compute. Why does the person with emotional issues not just stop having those emotional issues? <laughs> Thank you, Medibot. <laughs> now it's check out if, fucking Amidala's pregnancy for me. It, it seems as if she lost the will to live. What school did you go to, Medibot? Like, that's not a diagnosis. Uh, it was a liberal arts college. <laughs> I technically have a doctorate in English literature. Medibot. <laughs> Minor in hacky sack. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real catch me if you can scenario. <laughs> um, hey, you know what? We're about halfway through the show. Uh, 
oh I don't God. know. Maybe <laughs> it might be two thirds the way. We might be doing like a Broadway style, you know, where the the, the first act is significantly sure. longer. Yeah, there's more songs in the first act. Act this is, two. That is the worst thing that you can hear at a stand-up show is after you've sat through four or five comics, <laughs> yeah. then you go, "Okay, we're halfway through," and you're like, "Seriously?" <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I think it's a good time uh, to thank our sponsors. Of course, every episode of the Flop House is sponsored by uh, listeners like you who have become members at uh, Max Fun, MaximumFun.org. Thank you very uh, much. Yes, thank you to our current members. Thank you to our past members. And you know what? Thank you to our future members. Ooh, consider, members yet unborn. Consider uh, joining at some point in the future. But we also it is have not. A- it is not, and I will say it is not. Is an it is not an over exaggeration to say that your support is what is getting Dan and me through this strike right now. We, so yes. we really appreciate it. That is one hundred percent true. Um, but also, in a in a smaller way, we get uh, support from a few sponsors, and uh, let's uh, thank them by uh, fulfilling our contract with them and reading the things <laughs> we've been provided. Um, I love Dan that you're just you just again this you are pulling Damn. back the curtain. Yeah, we don't Behind miss the, <laughs> um, the flop house is sponsored in part by Soylent, the original food tech company that makes delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats. You got your uh, Soylent Complete Meal that comes in convenient, ready-to-drink shake and powder formats, and it provides 20 grams of plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, healthy fats, and 400 calories of slower-burning carbohydrates in one delicious serving. Now, this seems like something a muscle man like Stuart mm, could enjoy. Uh, we got Soylent Squared, small in size, big on nutrition. Soylent Squared is a delicious and balanced 100-calorie complete nutrition bar that can be taken on the go, eaten as a snack between meals, or enjoyed as a sweet, nutritious mini-treat. You know, if you've ever done any calorie counting, as I have, as I intermittently uh, attempt to adjust my weight, um... It's hard to find a snack that's uh, 100 calories or less. So uh, perhaps this is a, a, a good option for you. Soylent Complete Energy is not your typical energy drink. It is the first complete nutritious uh, nutrition nootropic shake to fuel your mind and body, formulated with a proprietary blend of B vitamins, caffeine, I-theanine, I-tyrosine, and alpha-GPC+. 15 grams of plant-based protein. And Dan, and now you're going to explain to us what each of those things nutrients. are, right? Oh, I could, Elliot. Don't think I couldn't, but we just <laughs> yeah. simply don't have the time. A delicious way to keep going throughout the day without sugar highs and lows and uh, complete protein. A deliciously rich and creamy plant-based high-protein nutrition shake with 30 grams of complete plant-based protein. 39 essential nutrients and zero grams total sugars. This unique, well-balanced shake also provides five grams BCAAs. You got to get them BCAAs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, don't miss out. Don't one on the table. 1,000 milligrams omega-3 healthy fats. Satisfy your protein needs without sacrificing nutrition or taste. These are the quickest, easiest meals on the planet. No cooking, no cleanup. If any of this sounds to your liking, why not go to Soylent.com slash flop and use code FLOP to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent.com slash flop and code flop for 20% off your first order. And I, yeah. I have known multiple people who have relied on Soylent for getting in shape for roles that they were about to take. These were actors, and mm-hmm. they found it effective, and also they enjoyed it. 
Yeah. And I, I want to jump in here and say, Dan, you don't have to you don't have to lose any weight. I love you just the way you are, buddy. Thanks. You're great. Thanks. I mean, it it does personally make me feel a little bit better. I just I want to make that clear. And Dan, as your doctor, as your doctor, you know, maybe a little bit. Yeah. I mean, to anyone out there, <laughs> I want to make it clear. You should you should love the body you're in. But yeah. uh I, you know, just for my own health, I have felt it necessary. And Dan, how, can you describe how physically we should love the body we're in? Are there any sorts of things we should do with well, our hands, oh, no, particularly? That's different podcast. I, mean, that, I think that's for <laughs> that's for private times. You should probably not do that around others, unless private without, times. Without the their, podcast name without their consent. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole list of things I could send them to you, Elliot. I'll, I'll give you some pointers with diagrams. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be great. That'd be great if, if you could Link, send me your J O F A Q. Yeah, videos. <laughs> <laughs> what well, did you also, say? Links to videos. Oh. I'm not going to specify <laughs> the location, I thought, I thought the URL. Said, I thought you said all the feels. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting usage of that phrase. Like, uh-huh. It is a certain type it really of feel. Is, yeah. It yeah. really is the feels that you're yeah. interested in. A certain in, type of way. That. Literally. We also have a Jumbotron, Dan. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Thank God. So this Jumbotron, it's a message for Zachary Michael. And the message is from YFU. And the message says, no peaches for you. Shame. Shame. That's it. Quite a mystery. Oh, I wonder if someone is using our podcast to create to create like a sort of escape room or one of those <laughs> monthly puzzle po- boxes people get. Very. But I hope I hope that the retended, intended recipient of that message received it and understood it. Dan, mm-hmm. Dan was telling me about uh, his favorite monthly puzzle box is when he just takes other people's packages and tries to figure out what it is inside. <laughs> I don't do. <laughs> not things that are true. <laughs> Um, okay. Dan, do you think that our jumbotron has been used to to uh, to awake a sort of Manchurian candidate sleeper cell agent just I now? Hope not that's my worry. I hope it wasn't. But if I hope you not, are, unless it's like one of the dudes in Hundred Bullets, because those dudes are fucking cool as hell. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you are a Manchurian candidate sleeper cell agent, let us know and let us know if you've been awakened and what your mission is. That'd be great. Dan Churian candidate. Danchurian candidate or Dan or Manchurian Dan did it. It works both ways. Hi, I'm Travis McElroy. And I'm Teresa McElroy. And we're the hosts of Schmanners. If you're looking for a good place to jump into our show, uh, we really recommend either the Playgrounds episode or the Job Interviews episode. Or if you want to go way back, you can check out the episode where we compare the differences between afternoon tea and high tea. So check out those episodes and new episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's John Moe inviting you to listen to Depression Mode with John Moe, where I talk about mental health and the lives we live with all kinds of people. Famous writers. David Sedaris, welcome to Depression Mode. Thanks so much for having me. Movie stars. Jamie Lee Curtis, welcome to Depression Mode. I am happy to be here. Musicians. I am in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm talking to Amy Mann. Great to talk to you. And song exploders. Rishikesh Hirway, welcome to Depression Mode. Thanks so much for having me. Everyone's opening up on Depression Mode on Maximum Fun. Um, okay, the next question is, how how do you take notes and how detailed are they? Take no- Ellie, you're the biggest note taker. I love for taking notes. I'm a big note taker, and I take notes on each scene of the movie as it's happening. What happens then is I usually condense those notes into. I try to do no more than eighteen kind of bullet point chunks, uh, and 
Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. Uh, but I, I often, when you're taking notes in a movie, here's the problem. You often don't know what moments are important or not important until after you've gotten a little more context. And I don't want to waste your time, the listener, with unimportant stuff. So I'll go back and I'll condense it a little bit and edit it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I take pretty detailed notes during the, the movie. Unfortunately, it's hard to pick up the names of characters in modern movies often. They don't use them that much or they use them very mm-hmm. casually. And so I'll be go back and forth in my notes rely, replying, uh, uh, referring to a character by either their character name or the actor's name. And I get a little confused. So that's something I need to smooth out later. Did I have time to condense my notes for our next week's episode, 80 for Brady? I did not. So mm. let's find out. Oh, as I wow. get the, and and it's rich with incident. It is yeah. it's rich, rich with incident rich and low on incident. plot. <laughs> <laughs> low on plot, rich with incident. The characters' names are not Perfect. memorable. And so we'll see. Yeah. Me? I mean, with that one, oh, wait. You, you just think of them wait. as the. Yeah, I don't three, think I, I, I the four actors. Mothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I'm not going to be like, well, then Lily Tomlin and someone's going to write in and be like, you mean Lou, the character, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they, they all disappear into their roles in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's almost no role for them to disappear into. That's the amazing thing. But. I do a little less summarizing or a lot less summarizing, but when I do it, I try and only do bullet points both for mul- for multiple reasons. One is just laziness of of note-taking. I will admit it. But I also think that like my time would be better served paying more attention to the movie and less time typing. And if I write too much on the page, I'm okay at adjusting on the fly. But sometimes I'll just get into you know more detail than is necessary. And, and often you're doing things like folding your laundry or cutting mangoes that make it hard mm-hmm. to also mm-hmm. write notes at the same mm-hmm. time. Organizing his uh, CDs. When <laughs> <laughs> our our recording experiencing schedule, all the feels. Mm-hmm. Our recording schedule has changed a little, but when we used to um, record on the weekends and we were watching the movies on the weekends and I was in charge, Audrey would actually offer to take notes, which I like, is very, very nice of her. Like I was like, you know, I'm very Midwestern, so I'm like, Please, no, no, I'll, I can do it. And then we would both end up taking notes and she, and until she was like, look, I'm doing this so you can watch the movie. Just and so that's uh that's uh, oh yeah that's cool yeah i mean i feel like this question's mainly directed at me because i'm a summary <laughs> master uh so yeah i mean i i take notes in my little computer notes app and uh i i try and condense it after i've watched the movie uh i also uh a little peek behind the curtain i try and focus on uh setting up my co-hosts for jokes as opposed to making jokes myself who knows if i'm successful Oh. That's only for God to decide. I will. It's, it, that's a fair point. I will sometimes write down funny things that I notice, but I will also write down in my notes questions that I want to ask you guys or things I want to prompt mm. you to do. And then I'll, while I'm doing the summary, I'm like, eh, I'll just do this myself. And then I and I don't always follow those prompts. <laughs> but often, if you hear me say like, Dan, can you describe this thing? That I've written that in my notes. Oh, oh that's no. good. That's a good. That's a good pointer. We should share. Our, our practices more so more often, yeah. Pointers from one another. I, I also so, I take all so my you notes. don't get angry at him for being like, "Why are you putting me on the fucking spot, <laughs> well, dude?" <that's> the, <laughs> yeah, I was that's taking true. a sip of water. What are you doing? You also have how, notes. How, I can't expect that you wanted. How could I? How was I supposed to know you would expect me to talk about the movie we watched on this <laughs> podcast where we talk about movies? Well, I mean, there is a, a rule in improv like that. You know, you're not supposed to pimp someone into something, as they call it. Uh, yeah, luckily but, I've. Never taken an improv class. This is all natural. I, I, I didn't know we were doing improv too since since 
since the rule I believe in improv is yes and, and Dan's rule is often, why <laughs> no, would no, you no. ask me that? No, 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 I'm not a part of this. I know. I, well, I, you know, I may have, I, you know, I may have lost trust for you based on all the other times that you write in your notes. Interrupt Dan here, and then. <laughs> Well, that's so. when you're when you're summarizing. I just write "interrupt" on a piece of paper, and I just hold that up. <laughs> yeah, you tape one, it to your screen. One thing I will mention is I take my notes by hand, unlike Stuart. And so, like, I have these books of notes for for movies that we've watched, and I've been trying to think of something to do with them. And the idea has come up in the past about trying to auction them off for charity or something. And I may try to do that, maybe to support the strike. Let's see mm, if I, I can get my idea. acts together, which I might not be able to, but we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll talk to these guys about how they think maybe we could do that. Uh, that sounds good. The next question. Have any of the movie makers ever contacted you except the one who was a recent guest? I'm assuming that in that case, except the one who was a recent guest is referring to uh, from the Super Mario Brothers uh, when we had the screenwriter on. Oh, yes. Um, but I mean, obviously also, uh, Chris White's, uh, of Twilight New Moon, mm-hmm. uh, who has, uh, friend of the pod, his total sweetheart, credit. a, yeah, yeah a, a lovely human being <laughs> who has, uh, af- even after we made fun of Twilight, invited us into his home <laughs> and man, this fucking game, real, uh, one of these days he's going to take you downstairs to show you that fucking cask of Amontillado. And you're gonna be like, <laughs> yep, just brick break you up. into the wall. Well, and you're going to be like, you know what? <laughs> game recognized game. <laughs> <laughs> the long con. <sighs> Other yeah. than that, no, I don't think so, right? What about, uh, what about, uh, what about, uh, accidental love or whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the, oh, that's the, right. the, the nails. Well, that was a- that was a little the different. Nail brothers, because, I'll call so that them. Was, that was as Matt Silverstein and, and Dave Jesser. That was a little uh, different in that they didn't get in touch with us after we recorded them about the movie. Uh, Rather, yeah, they right. they had written. They, I was working with them on a television show called Housebroken, uh, and they suggested that we do that movie. Uh, oh, that and I sense. wanted to have them on for it. Although, but I did have a recent uh, experience on an airplane uh, in which someone walked up to me. I was flying from LA to New York, and someone walked up to me on the plane and said. Are you really killing from the Flophouse? I love your podcast, even when you're making fun of one of my movies. And I'm like, what? Huh? What? And he was, uh, he revealed to me he was a producer on Wild Mountain Time. And I felt very bad for a moment that I had lambasted the film. <laughs> and I was like, uh, Dan kind of liked it. And <laughs> yeah. he was Good like, save. it's fine. It's fine. So he was very nice. He was very, he was very pleasant. I have yet to have an experience personally, I don't know about you guys, where someone has A, known that we covered a movie of theirs, and B, was mad about it. Uh, I've yeah. certainly been in, especially during this strike, I've been in meetings with people whose movies we have covered, and I have not gone out of my way to tell them <laughs> that I that no. we have covered their movie. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know how people will respond. Uh, Parker Bennett was the screenwriter for— Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot to mention his name when we, we said it before. Oh, and you know that. what? We I I, uh, I once worked with um, with uh, with Michael Colton and John Abood, who, who worked on Zoolander 2. Uh, mm. As they were writers on that, and they and uh, one of them liked our coverage of Zoolander two. The other one, I think, did not appreciate it. Oh so, wow! Well, that's a shame. I, they're both very know, nice guys. I'm I'm still friendly with both of them. They're both nice guys. But I may have mentioned this at the time, but uh, the the first time I ever got paid for uh, a piece of comedy writing was in Modern Humorist, which they founded uh, back in the day. Oh, a, that's right. a website. Um, I did a piece called First Drafts of Famous Poems that got cut down into a one poem, but you know what? It set me on my path, so yeah. thanks, guys. Uh, 
and they're doing great. They're they're currently uh, they they were the creators of the show Home Ep- Economics, and oh, until yeah. the strike, they were running that show. And uh, and Michael Colton was on Jeopardy as a contestant, did much better than I did. So oh. you know who's laughing now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Ho- I think that most of the audience. people most of the people we cover uh, are very successful, so they can afford yeah, to be they can uh, laugh it off. Yeah. But if um, I could be if I could be mean about it, who's laughing now? Not the viewers of Zoolander 2. Wow. You're lo- wow. Oh man. Oh, he's a stinker. Uh, look at him. Oh, oh look at him. He's, he's doing a little he's dance. Like, he's doing a little ca- he's capering around. He's getting smaller and smaller yeah. as he oh. fades away. Oh, oh, oh. oh now he's back. Oh, oh. Oh, guys. Guys, <laughs> there's worlds within worlds. <laughs> We're like ants, ants. Quantum mania. Yeah. Um, anyway. The uh, who's quantum mania? <laughs> hey, this is the last question. Did you guys we, see that movie? Back. <laughs> hey, did you guys see quantum mania? Hey, I haven't guys, seen it yet. Is, are there hey. ants in it? <laughs> I haven't seen that Ant-Man movie with the quantum. I saw the Ant-Man quantums. movie. Uh-huh. I enjoyed it okay. I think everyone's right who makes the critique of like, why are we doing an Ant-Man movie that removes all sense of scale because everything is yeah. is like it's in like a, in like wacky verse, right? Yeah, yeah, it takes place and, in the in the cartoon world from uh, from Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Oh, cool! It is the, and horny. The most <laughs> <laughs> the most expensive looking movie you'll see where basically every shot just looks like people standing in front of a green screen. Oh, okay. That's what it looked like from the trailers and the pictures. And I remember in the trailer, there's a shot where he and his daughter are like running from a spaceship that's shooting lasers at them in like a day glow fantasy world. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is not what I want out of this anime. I mean, movie. Th- but th- I mean, there is. I want fun... it to be holding up a paperclip <laughs> and it's enormous. Yeah, yeah. I want him to be like, look at look at that steering wheel. That thing is huge. <laughs> thing is yeah. huge. You got it, Tiny A. That's for Tiny Ant Man. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought king, we were talking Tiny about. A? I thought it was Tiny Austin Butler. Yeah. <laughs> actually tiny austin pendleton <laughs> <laughs> there is fun stuff in it though and i like the way it ends it ends on a note of like comic anxiety that is like different than most marvel movies but okay. if you've got marvel fatigue it is certainly not an essential one don't yeah don't don't uh you know walk don't run yeah i think i'm i'm saving up my i'm saving up my my marvel fatigue the lactic marvel acid is is just mm-hmm. dying down so i think i'll go see i might see guardians and then let the that Build up again. I have a feeling we'll be talking Stuart about Guardians. Mostly liked it, but next had episode. Mixed All right, feelings. I'll try to watch um, it when I'm not busy striking for my life, Charlie Brown. You know who I saw? Speaking of writer strike and Guardians, you know who I saw at uh, a screening. My screening of Guardians. Jim Starlin. Uh, Opus from uh, the Colbert Report. So oh, you okay. make a joke about <laughs> using the writer strike. At least <laughs> a couple of us in the same screening. Uh, we're watching Guardians. I mean, but that's, I mean, that's, it's totally against the spirit of the writer's strike for you to take that time off to go pay (laughs) for Hollywood movies, like to support, support the machine that's crushing us. I mean, I already, I mean, it's part of the, that work has already been paid for. Oh, that's right. And you've got the Alamo package. So you're, so you're, so you're watching, you're stealing money from the executives. Nice job. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Well, really you're stealing from the theater chain, I suppose, but. The theater chain makes it up in concessions, especially in Alamo where they're serving you them burgers and stuff. Yeah, you wouldn't, (laughs) you wouldn't download a movie, would you? (laughs) You wouldn't download a cheeseburger, (laughs) would you? I mean, did I pay? to watch 80 for Brady? Uh, maybe not. 
<laughs> Maybe that's okay. part, of, part of my strike. But I, I would like, download a cheeseburger, especially if it's in paradise. <laughs> I feel like at this point we're closer to just talking than podcasting. So let's get to the last uh, question. Is there a difference? <laughs> Uh, the last question is, what other prep do you do for an episode? And that is, <laughs> we watch the movie all mm-hmm. separately. Uh, when you talk about remote viewing, like that's the that's the sad part about uh, doing things remote is we uh, don't get to watch all together unless we're doing like a live show. Yeah, yeah instead, for years we used to watch it together. Instead, we have to make uh, actively make time to spend with each other if we want to hang out not podcasting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is lovely. And uh, <laughs> I used to, my my prep used to be drinking a lot. Mm. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. That also used to be my prep because I was younger and we did it at night. Uh-huh. Uh, now <laughs> I have more physical infirmity and we're doing it in the middle of the day. It, it, it's it's less of the, it's, mm-hmm. it's slim to none, let's say. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, I used to, I used to be full of chicken when we do those recordings, but now I have to eat my chicken mm-hmm. at other times. Yeah, because I'm I'm mm-hmm. not going to eat a four piece Popeyes bone in meal at ten in the morning. Yeah, or should I? I mean, you would. <laughs> I mean, I would. Yeah, but but I feel kind of I feel the rest of the day. Sense of propriety that <laughs> yeah keeps you from going down that road. Uh, yeah, you you take a look at the pictures of your children in your wallet, and you're like, not today. I got to do this for them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in terms of preparation, too, like, I'm the kind of person who likes to know how this connects to the greater sort of movie world, like what people have worked on, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, to track down, no, no, like, I leave okay, that what has the check. screenwriter done? What has this director done? If it's someone unfamiliar to me, like, uh, is there any sort of trivia about this movie that I can dig up or, or whatnot? And that's always interesting to me, like the context. But. Yeah, you go, you go and live in the goof section. <laughs> I, live, <laughs> I live in the goofs. He, he goes, he goes, Audrey, you won't see me for a while. I've got to go to the goof side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> By Dave Berg. <laughs> <laughs> there was my, the, uh, uh, my, my son has discovered Mad Magazine and, you know, the mm. way Mad Magazine works now is there's, I don't think they put out any new material. It's all repackaging of old material, which means he'll get an issue that has a theme. And some of the articles are from the 90s, some are from the 60s, and they always they often will have a lighter side of, and I'll be he'll be like, look at this. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was always the worst part of the magazine when I was a kid. And he'll laugh at it and I'll notice, oh, Dave Berg didn't do this. So, somebody, <laughs> this must have been after Dave Berg died and somebody else took it over. Yeah. I, it's like yeah, the I lighter side understood. of the Iran-Contra <laughs> conflict. <laughs> Yeah, those were those were the weakest, and I was never fond of the the bread and butter of Mad when I was reading it. The long movie parodies that were just, really oh, know. I really I really liked those when I was a kid. But I, it's like with the lighter side, it was like the Adult Swim of re- reading a magazine. Kids get out of the pool. Here's something for old people, and it would just be like it's in every issue. Every yeah. single issue, three pages of this ch- children or this young person's humor magazine is taken over for jokes of, for, about like being a baby boomer and getting older and being annoyed with young people. It was, it's yeah. really crazy. No, give me but at give least me the a- cartoon. At least the cartooning was hila- visually hilarious, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's uh? Wait, who? So who is that guy? Was it Don Severin? Is that who I'm thinking no, of? John Severin did do work for Mad. You think about Don Martin? 
Maybe. Don Martin, maybe, yeah, who did the crazy faces. Yes, yeah. he, he would do like Mr. Phone Man, Bone that, and Shploing and things like that. That dude yeah. fucking rocks. Yeah, I, like yeah. I, you know, give me and the- it, I mean, the greatest stuff, and, it's, and if Dan, you're not reading the, the movie parodies, you're missing Mort Drucker's work, and he was the, the maybe the greatest the, characterist the, there's ever the been. The art is great. I just yeah. fa- found the writing on those to just be like, I don't know, like, I-, I I All right. Well, it. I guess I guess if this is the one episode that Dick DiBartolo listens to, we're going <laughs> to be in trouble. Get, <laughs> yeah. I get that it's a series of strung together gags on the theme of a movie, but I just would get bored by it very quickly. Give me a, give me the shorter pieces. Give me a snappy answers to stupid questions so I can learn how to be a sarcastic uh, jerk. Yeah, and peace. not yeah. be what nice I, to people. What I, what, <laughs> asking what I, very reasonable questions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would I would love to see Elliot. I would love to see you do a movie parody, write a movie parody, Mad Magazine style, and get I don't know Tom Fowler to do the art. Oh, that's he a great idea. A, he's a great caricaturist, and I oh, feel man. like you'd get the spirit perfectly. Uh, someday, who knows? Someday, oh, I'd love to do that. I've, I've got to pick universe. A, yeah, got to pick up the right movie for it. That's the thing. We'll, we'll have to see. And then you got to watch the movie. That was the only pro- the only Mad Magazine ones I had trouble with were the ones where it was clear they had not really seen the movie and were doing it off of like the trailer or there was one when Goldeneye was coming out. All that they had heard was this was going to be like a kinder, gentler, like more like 90s PC Bond. And so the whole parody was about that. And the, you watch yeah. the movie and it's like none of that comes through. The movie <laughs> yeah. doesn't have any of that. Like yeah. there's still a, there's still a, there's still a, like he still has a sex fight in a sauna with a lady. Like it's, you know, it's, there's no, it, it didn't fit. Uh, well, that's been our mini on Mad Magazine. So <laughs> thank you for uh, listening. Um, if you want to support uh, the writer's strike again, Elliot, how would you recommend that people do that? You're, I would you're recommend that you, if you, I mean, one thing you can do is you can, uh, if you are in the creative industries, if you are a union member, whether writer, whether the WGA or SAG AFTRA or a DGA uh, or a Teamster or a Yahtzee, a laborer, uh, we would welcome you on any of the picket lines at uh, in New York or Los Angeles where I just saw a thing on Twitter about someone at a shoot location in uh, Pittsburgh I think it was where they had put together a, sh- a small picket line and was able to stop that production because uh, IATSE workers and Teamsters I think are not crossing Teamsters especially are not crossing the line right now which is wonderful uh, this is the first union action I can think of in my time in the guild where all the all the unions seem to be lined up together, which is really fantastic. But if you can't do that thing, if you can't come pick it with us, and if you're not a member of a craft union or a entertainment union, the better thing to do is go to entertainmentcommunity.org. That's entertainmentcommunity.org. Go to donate and earmark your donation for uh, film and te- film film and television professionals. Not to say that you shouldn't support live performance professionals if you would like to. That's the other thing. But for this strike. It's film and television professionals, and uh, that money will be there for when writers, writers' assistants, like I said, uh, support staff who are out of work because of the strike when they need it the most. So thank you very much for doing so. We really do appreciate it. And otherwise, uh, get on social media and just tweet about how great writers are and how they should be treated properly and that it's a profession and not like a hobby slash gig that we do because we love giving computers things to ingest so they can spit out crap. Does that make sense? Is that clear? It yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay, great, great. Um, well, yeah, thank you for that. And then thank you to our producer and editor, Alex Smith, for all his fine work. Uh, thank you to our network, Maximum Fun. Again, go to MaximumFun.org to check out all the other great podcasts on the network. They're adding new ones all the time. 
Well, not all the time. That would, you know, that would be absurd. But <laughs> who very would you listen to it if there was a new you one could, every moment? It. Yeah, that, that's unsustainable growth. But we should you know, also, Andy, we should Andy also Warhol thank. Did say that in the future everyone will have a podcast, but still, yeah. sorry, Stuart, you were saying we should also thank Aaron for the questions. It was yes, Aaron, thank, right? Thank did you. Did we Aaron. answer the first one? Uh, how do we make the show? Uh-huh. Uh, well, in the words of Jesse Thorne, the, the show is produced by speaking into microphones, um, and in the words of me, poorly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thanks everyone uh, for the Flophouse I've been Dan McCoy I've been Stuart Wellington I'm Elliot Kalen bye (laughs) 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 MaximumFun.org comedy and culture artist owned audience supported